This is Father Toby with you live in the Cambridge studio on this day of our Mariathon. And uh, thank you so much to so many of you who've already been so generous um, to us today. I think the, the total that we're at at the moment is uh, £1,295. We have got a, a target of um, of £12,000, so we're obviously some way off that yet. Um, but if you haven't pledged OK um, before, uh, then please do, uh, do, do consider making a donation so that you can help us get the, the final equipment that we need for our London studio and also to be able to purchase those DAB licenses for uh, Bristol and Birmingham so that more people can hear the hear the good news. And if you wish to make a pledge, um, please do call on 03003-021-251. That's 03003 um, or you can go straight to our website, radiomariaengland.uk, and go to the uh, Support Us um, tab at the top, and then there's uh, information on how to make a donation there. Um, I think since I was last on air, we've had a, a donation of um, £100 from Alice. Thank you so much for that, Alice, from Rita for £25. Thank you um, very much, Rita. Um, uh, another lady for £10. Um, that's hugely appreciated. Uh, Anne has given us £25. Um, thank you so much for that, Anne. And then Michael, £200. Um, thank you very much, Michael. That's, that's very, very generous of you and a big help. And uh, then another £10, um, just as we went on air from Teresa. Uh, thank you so much for that um everybody your your support is uh, is truly and uh, hugely appreciated and i'd just like to say a, a little prayer for all of those who've donated so far hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death amen God, you've given us so much. Um, thank you for placing the desire on our hearts to be generous um, in making you known so that others might come to know your great generosity, that they might come to know you as the, the giver of all gifts and so offer their lives in thanksgiving and so enter into the, the true meaning of your, of your Eucharist. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So today is the uh, the feast of uh, Our Lady of the the Rosary. It's a particularly um, big uh, celebration for Dominicans. Um, I think for the rest of the church, it's just a memorial, but I think for us, it's a it's a feast. And in my priory in London, um, which is dedicated to Our Lady of the well, our church is dedicated to Our Lady of the Rosary. 
it's a, a really big day for us. And in my uh, word for today, earlier I was I was speaking about the beauty of the rosary that it involves uh, involves the body and the and the soul in our prayer and Jesus Christ came to earth to to redeem all of us he didn't come to to just save our our souls he came to redeem all of humanity um St Paul at one point in that sort of beautiful passage speaks of all of creation um groaning for for redemption and uh Christ has has come to come to do that, and so I said the Rosary is such a such a beautiful way of praying because it involves all of us, and particularly for those of you like me who might sometimes feel the the ways of prayer which emphasise stillness are a little more difficult. Um, the Rosary can be a way of expressing our bodiness whilst not simply just fidgeting, but rather sort of offering our our, our bodies to the Lord in prayer. But it's not just the, the thumbing of the of the beads that we do when we, we pray the rosary. We're we're also seek, seeking to lift our, our minds and our and our hearts um in prayer. Um our Lord when uh when he tells us the, the first and the greatest commandment says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul. Um and it's the the mind is supposed to be lifted up to the Lord as well. And that's one of the beautiful things that the rosary does because it invites us whilst praying prayers that we're very familiar with. So it doesn't require too much concentration for us perhaps to, to remember the words. We're able to, to contemplate these, these saving mysteries. And the rosary reminds us that it's not just one point in Christ's life that matters, um, it's all of it, um, and it also reminds us that that uh, that other people are involved. Um, that Christ doesn't uh, come to sort of save us with us watching on as a, a sort of idle onlookers, but rather He invites us into His work of redemption. And the and the first and the, and the most obvious way um, that that's done is by making the incarnation the incarnation conditional upon Mary's yes. And so what I thought I'd do today and we'll see how we go um time-wise is that uh I would just look at um some of the the mysteries that we that we pray and and just give you a, a few of my thoughts on them so that next time you're you're praying those mysteries for your for yourself then there might be a little extra um material for you to meditate upon and, and recognize in a perhaps a new and fresh way or be reminded of what you knew already about how much the Lord has done for, for each of us. Um, and given the gospel that we have today, I thought I would um, go with the, the joyful mysteries. I know it's a, for Friday and, and we'll be praying the, the sorrowful mysteries on, on air, but the gospel um, today gives us the Annunciation. So from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. He went in and said to her, Rejoice so highly favoured, the Lord is with you. 
She was deeply disturbed by these words and asked herself what this greeting could mean. But the angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid. You have won God's favor. Listen, you are to conceive and bear a son and you must name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and his reign will have no end. Mary said to the angel, But how can this come about since I am a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the angel answered, and the power of the Most High will cover you with its shadow. And so the child will be holy and will be called Son of God. Know this too. Your kinswoman Elizabeth has in her old age herself conceived a son, and she whom people called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible to God. I am the handmaid of the Lord, said Mary. Let what you have said be done to me. And the angel left her. And the thing which uh, strikes me, or at which I think is, is most important in some ways to remember in this uh, passage for us because it teaches us about Mary, is that Mary's sort of, yes, yes, she did say yes in, in this moment, but it was a yes with all of her life. This yes came with uh, so much more entailed. Um, it wasn't even, you know, just a yes to the, to the, to the pregnancy, but rather a yes to, to all that was entailed in being the mother of God. Um, and as we know and we'll see um, if we get to the, the presentation today, it might be that we need more time and have to pick that up uh, on another catechesis. Um, but that also entailed being Our Lady of, of Sorrows and those uh, swords that would would pierce her, her heart. And so today she she says yes to, to all of that. Um, and we're called to say yes, not just in a, in a, in a moment, um, not just when we need something, but with all of our lives. Um, and what's so interesting to me about this is I think Mary's yes shows us that this wasn't some big turning point in her life. Obviously, it's a, it's a absolutely momentous time, but I think it's consonant with the way that she must have lived all of her life up to this point. And why do I say that? First, well, because God had chosen Mary for this role. But also because it's interesting in that Mary's name doesn't change. With so many of the other really significant biblical figures that we come across at the moment where God commissions them in a special way or when finally they realize you know, who they are in the eyes of God and what they're being called to there's a there's a change of name so you know we might think of um abram to to abraham and sarah to sarah and uh saul to uh paul and of uh sort of simon uh to to simon peter to to Kephas. um all all of these at a, at a particular commission there's a there's a there's a turning point but rather mary may be at this this point where of all the sort of commissions that were given by God, we might expect, you know, this one to entail a change of name. 
Mary remains Mary because this yes, I believe, is consonant with the way that she has lived all her life until this point. Um, the one, the one who sort of ponders um, all that Jesus says in her heart um, has always been pondering the word which made her so fit to, to receive the, the incarnate word. Um, and that's why there's a, there's a lovely um, image which uh, I have on my phone which uh, shows Mary uh, sitting, sitting in bed uh, reading the reading reading the scriptures, and then uh, Saint Joseph is at the uh, at at the bedside, um, looking on. And there's a I'm just calling it up now. So Saint jo Saint Joseph is there holding the, the the baby Jesus in his arms, and you've got the sort of oxen next to Mary in the in the bed, um, but she's there um, reading reading the word, the word which uh, her yes. Um, brought into the world and and made flesh um, and so we we never stop giving thanks to Mary for that uh, for that great gift um, the greatest gift that could ever have been given to us and as I said sort of consonant with the the way she lived her whole life um, and so just before we go to uh, a music break uh, I would just like to sort of invite you um, to to call in if you have any questions on what I've said, anything else, but that perhaps that strikes you um, sort of in particular about uh, about the the first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. Perhaps there's something in particular that uh, that you uh, re reflect upon when you when you play that um, uh, when you pray when you pray that that mystery, and so. Now we'll uh, go and we'll listen to the Salve Salve Regina, um, uh, sung by some of my uh, Dominican brothers.
that was the Dominican friars in Washington, D.C. singing the uh, Dominican version of the Salve Regina. Um, so let's move on now to, to look at some features of the, the second joyful mystery, the, the visitation. And so we read once more from Luke. Uh, Mary set out at that time and went as quickly as she could to a hill town in the country of Judah. She went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Now as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She gave a loud cry and said, Of all women you are the most blessed, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why should I be honoured with a visit from the mother of my Lord? For the moment your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leapt for joy. Yes, blessed is she who believed that the promise made her by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit exults in God my Saviour, because he has looked upon his lowly handmaid. Yes, from this day forward all generations will call me blessed, for the Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name and his mercy reaches from age to age for those who fear him. He has shown the power of his arm. He has routed the proud of heart. He has pulled down princes from their thrones and exalted the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich sent empty away. He has come to the help of Israel his servant, mindful of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, of his mercy to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back home. So a very interesting feature of this uh, passage was brought home to me by, uh, by one of my scripture professors when I was studying at the Angelicum out in Rome. And, uh, and Father Gregory uh, sort of pointed out to us that sometimes we, we think of this passage as, as being to show, look how lovely Mary was that she went to go and look after um, her cousin um, Elizabeth. Uh, but he said that a different work of charity was going on here to what we might think of. Because if we think of Mary going um, primarily to go and look after Elizabeth, well, as Father Gregory said, the time when a, when a woman most needs help in her pregnancy is not in the early months. It's right at the end as things get more tiring and more difficult to do or even after immediately after you've given birth um, when you don't have nearly enough hands to do everything that you have to do. So to see sort of Mary's act as primarily about helping out um, Elizabeth would seem to say, well, Mary leaves before the stage when she would be most helpful uh, to Elizabeth. And so Father Gregory said, we should look a little deeper than that. And the, the point that he made is that the, the greatest act of, uh, of charity that Mary does in, in going to visit Elizabeth is that she brings Christ to Elizabeth. Um, she brings Christ to Elizabeth so that Elizabeth may worship 
her saviour and may recognise all the good things that God has done for her, for her, not just the uh, the the forerunner to, to Jesus who she's currently pregnant with, having previously thought herself barren, um, but the one who will who will save us and who will wipe away every tear in the end and who will save us from all the the powers of darkness. That's the great work of charity that, that uh, Mary does, Elizabeth. Um, you know, her presence there is surely lovely as well. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure it must have been a time of great rejoicing for the, for the two of them and, and of Elizabeth sort of comforting Mary and perhaps her moments of sort of fear about what would, what would happen to her. The first and greatest act of charity that we can um, do for anyone is to allow them to encounter Christ. Um, that's the great work of charity which Mary does Elizabeth here. And the one other point that I, I want to look at is a sort of a feature of the, the Magnificat. Um, because we, we talk about Mary being humble, and, uh, and that's proper because Mary is humble. But here she shows us what true humility is. Um, because in the Magnificat, she speaks words that we might not necessarily associate with humility. He says, yes, from this day forward, all generations will call me blessed. Um, that's a massive call when you think about, about it, to say that everybody in the future is going to call me blessed. Um, but it's also true. Um, we do speak of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in doing so, uh, we're in continuity with the the whole history of the of the Church. And to to not do so is to is to put yourself outside of the tradition of the Church, which is a which is a great a great shame. Um, so, how is this humility? Well, humility doesn't involve a, a denial of the of the truth. Um, sometimes the sort of humility that we see practiced is a, is a way of garnering even greater praise. So the, the person who, who knows they're very good at something and when somebody praises them and they say, oh, no, I'm not really very good at art. Like I just, I just dabble a little bit and they know that they are really very good. Um, and so obviously the response they get when they say, oh, I just dabble a little bit it's that the, the person who's first praising go, no, you're, you're fantastic, you're great, I wish I was as good as you. That's not true humility. True humility recognizes the, the good things that I've received, the great gifts that I've received. But true humility is like Mary's because she also adds, yes, from this day forward, all generations will call me blessed. But she doesn't stop there. She says, for the Almighty has done great things for me. And every truly good thing um, is a work of God in us. And so the, the truly humble person can recognize the, the greatness of the, the gift. And because they recognize it as, as gift, not something earned, not something deserved, they also simultaneously give praise to the, the giver of the gift. Um, that's the sort of humility that we should uh, seek to seek to practice don't downplay the wonderful things that god has given you don't downplay the the talents that you have but rather give those talents for the the glory of god and in realizing those talents in their fullness give praise to god and 
on your lips, let there also be praise of God. Father Toby with you live from the Cambridge studio. We're doing a, a catechesis on the rosary today on this, the, the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. You can't get more appropriate than that. Um, we've just looked at the first two joyful mysteries and now we're going to go on and have a look at the third joyful mystery. Um, before we do it, it won't surprise you to, to hear me once more on this day on our Mariathon just uh, thank you for the support that you've all given us already and uh, and to ask for you um, your, you to be just as generous as you as you can um, basically we, we really really need your support um, we can't do this without without your prayers yes but but also running a radio station costs um, money and uh, and we really want to to keep this beautiful project going and to make it reach uh, make make it reach other people and to do that we need you to be as generous as you can be and we also need you to to get other people to to listen to encourage your friends and, and family to appreciate hopefully what you're already appreciating um and uh and and share the cost of of running this station uh, so the number once more to to pledge a donation is zero three zero zero three zero two one two five one that's zero three zero zero three zero two one two five one um thank you in advance for your generosity so let's now turn to the third joyful mystery and we'll uh we'll stay with we'll stay with luke 
Now at this time, Caesar Augustus issued a decree for a census of the whole world to be taken. This census the first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to be registered. So Joseph set out from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, and travelled up to Judea to the town of David called Bethlehem, since he was of David's house and line, in order to be registered together with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the inn. In the countryside close by there were shepherds who lived in the fields and took it in turns to watch their flocks during the night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. They were terrified, but the angel said, Do not be afraid. Listen, I bring you news of great joy, a joy to be shared by the whole people. Today in the town of David a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and here is a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly with the angel there was a great throng of the heavenly host, praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to men who enjoy his favour. Now if you were listening to my uh, word for today earlier, um, I, I spoke about uh, the tendency sometimes to uh, slip into into heresy um, by focusing on one truth to the exclusion of a of another, and uh, and I said especially throughout the history of the the church, um, there's been a, a battle to fight heresies which have uh, said that Christ was just man um, and merely appeared to be like a god, or on the flip side have said that uh, that Jesus was just God and merely took on the appearance of man. But the teaching of the church is that Jesus Christ had a fully human nature and a fully divine nature, perfectly united in one divine person. Um, and always in our in our lives, even if we accept this uh, teaching, we will tend to have a tendency to, to focus on one or the other. Um, I sometimes, when, when teaching about this, invite people to, to take a coin out of their pockets. Um, it tends to be increasingly rare that people have a coin in their pockets. Um, and I challenge them to try and look at both sides at once. Um, and unless they're incredibly bright and take a, a camera out of their pocket as well and put it on mirror mode, they find that it's impossible to look at both sides of the coin at once. Um, I suppose that this example might work with a with a banknote um, as well. It might be even better given that I try and encourage people then to, to give me the money that they've taken out of their pockets. Um, but with a banknote, obviously, you could you could fold it over um, and so look at look at both sides. At the, at the same time more easily. But if you had the note flat, 
you would only be able to look at one side and then the other. And you know that there are two sides, but you can only look at one side at any given time. That's why we say there's two sides to every coin. And we have to try and remember as faithful Christians to remember to keep looking at both sides of the coin. And there are passages in in the Gospels in which the uh, the humanity of Jesus will be most evident. Um, you know, when we hear that that shortest line in the Gospels, Jesus wept. Um, when sometimes we we hear of Jesus uh, coming uh, across suffering, and um, and sometimes the the language in the English translations doesn't doesn't do. Uh, doesn't do justice to the to the violence of his uh, re- reaction, where we're told it, we're told it was sort of literally sort of gut wrenching, um, and th- and in and in that the sort of humanity of Jesus is is most obvious, um, but then most obviously in in the miracles that Jesus performs, or perhaps in his transfiguration, the the divinity of Jesus um, is more apparent to us. But he is both. He's both of those things in one divine person. And perhaps in the the sort of milieu in which I grew up in, there, there's tended to be a an emphasis on on Jesus becoming man, um, and on uh, on on the great humility of God to uh, to take on human flesh and become like us. And that's definitely true, but I think the the part of the picture that that sort of got missed out um, as I was learning about the faith was what it meant for us that Jesus became man, because we talk talk about the the possibility of of sa- of salvation. You know, he died died for us to save us from our from our sins, um, but I think sometimes we miss um or don't sort of fully absorb what i think the biggest thing about the incarnation is in some ways which is that when christ became man it wasn't so much that uh that the second person of the trinity changed but rather that we changed because human nature was now attached to the divine nature our nature gets taken up into the nature of God. And so Pope St. Leo the, the Great, in, in that wonderful uh, reading that we sometimes hear at the midnight mass and that priests and, and religious pray in the, in the office of readings, he exhorts us, Christian, remember your dignity. Christian, remember your dignity. What has happened to us by the incarnation is that we're no longer left sort of bereft and, uh, and alone, um, forever condemned to the inevitability of sin, but rather our nature has been attached to, to the nature of Christ, made in the image and likeness of God. By baptism, we can become part of the body of Christ and share in that divine nature. St. Peter tells us that we're to be partakers in the divine nature and the divine nature in its essence is a a communion of perfect knowing and perfect love that's what we're called into that's what we're called to
be like. Um, that's an astonishing gift. Um, it's also an, a, an astonishing responsibility. Um, sometimes in the in the face of uh, enormous responsibility, um, we can we can seek to shirk it. Um, we we want to avoid it. We we don't we don't want that. Um, it can be the case for us sometimes in our in our Christian life that we'd we'd rather not have the gift um, than take on the the responsibility that that the gift asks of us. But Mary doesn't do that, as we heard earlier in the in the Magnificat. Um, she shows both humility, um, but also at, at display in the in the Magnificat is magnanimity, um, that uh, greatness of heart, um, that sort of great souledness, magna anima, a great soul. She recognizes the greatness of the gift that she's been given by God, and she's willing to take on all that comes with that for for our sake. Um, and so now I'd I'd like to go to a, another music break, and uh, we're going to uh, listen to uh, a, a rendition by Steel Eye Span of one of my uh, favorite uh, Christmas songs, uh, Gaudete. Um, I absolutely love hearing this sung in church and uh, it's such a great song. It's been taken on by several popular covers and this is one of my favourites. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. This is Steel Eye Span with Gaudete on their uh, 35th anniversary tour. Oh, sorry, that's something else coming on there. This should be still ice ban. So 
that was Still I Span with Gaudete. Um, so there's lyrics Gaudete, Christus Esnatus, Ex Maria Virgine, Gaudete. So rejoice, um, Christ is born from the Virgin Mary. Rejoice. Um, and there is a, no, no greater cause for rejoicing um, than that, that God should become like us in order that we might become like him. The, the sort of the great gift that goes beyond not just the gift of life itself, which is an enormous gift, but that gift, that invitation to uh, be taken up into the divine nature and to live that perfect life of knowledge and love that is the characteristic of the Trinity. Uh, I'm conscious it's taken me the the best part of an hour to get through uh, three mysteries and it's 4.53 and uh, it would require a real change of character from me to uh, manage to do the final two mysteries in seven minutes and uh, I certainly wouldn't do them justice. Uh, so I just want to uh, thank you again for all your support um, so far in, in, in making this this work of uh, announcing the, the good news that we might rejoice in uh, possible, please do uh, pledge us a donation on 03003021251, If you're If you're listening for the first time today, um, it's wonderful to have you listening. Um, Please do know that uh, I don't normally go this hard in trying to get uh, donations, but we do need them uh, all the time. But today is our special sort of Mariathon um, when we uh, have a, a particular day of fundraising and uh, and prayer, um, asking the the Lord to provide us in His uh, in His great providence with the the means to continue running this radio station and the and the way that. The Lord's providence um, generally works to use a, a, a sort of scholastic term is, uh, is through secondary causes. Um, so God just doesn't doesn't just do stuff and we don't have to, but rather he invites us to be part of the work of bringing about his divine will. Um, and that's manifested in, in many ways in life, but uh, also through uh, through prayer and through financial generosity of making good initiatives possible in his church. Um, as well as the number that I just gave you, you can uh, donate by uh, going onto the Radio Maria England website. That's radiomariaengland.uk. And then you can go to the uh, support us tab and then you will see uh, various ways of donating there. Um, just want to say uh, one uh, thing before I hand over to the uh, Radio Marie England uh, Youth uh, Faith Five program. I can see them uh, all getting ready in the in the studio uh, next to me. Um, I'm sure they're going to bring their characteristic uh, energy and and joy um, to the uh, the broadcast and and step the energy up a, a level from me. But one thing on on a sort of a radio uh, that runs on donations uh, alone, your your attention is is so so precious. Um, I think one of the great sadnesses 
of the of the era that we that we live in and particularly the addiction with uh with smartphones is that people don't recognize how precious their attention is they they give it away too too casually they don't direct it or think about where they're they're giving it um and one of the ways in which our uh, attention is is taken away from us all the time is through through advertising and so many of the the products that you receive for, for free online well there you are the product because your attention is sold by the the websites or the the stations that you listen to to advertisers who want to sell you things on radio maria we we don't try and uh, sell you things um but that does mean that we require um your donations your generosity to continue our work we won't sell your attention to others because we think that's too precious and you should decide where you give your attention to and give it to the highest things to the things which are most worthy of you um but that uh that gift from us so to speak requires the gift from you and so we thank you um for that 